0: Welcome to Adventures in Evaluation Podcast with James Coyle and Kylie Hutchinson. Hi, I'm James Coyle. I'm an internal evaluator in a large regional health authority.
1: And I'm Kylie Hutchinson. I'm an external evaluation consultant. And together we are Adventures in Evaluation Podcast. Hey, James.
0: Hey, Kylie. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm pretty good. But you know what?
1: (laughs) What have you just put on?
0: I had to put on my toque, Kylie. It's minus fifteen here in Canada. You know what a to- you know what a toque is, don't you? I do indeed
1: know what a toque is.
0: Maybe we should explain it. what a toque yes. is.
1: Yes, yes. So it's the uh, Quebecois word for a hat. So it's well, a winter it's not hat. Just,
0: it's not just any hat. It is a winter warm hat. That's right.
1: Oh, oh, okay. It's a winter warm hat.
0: Well, I had to turn so- the heating off in my house so that you know the furnace noise doesn't interfere with our precious recording. So you know, I, I got to put my toque on.
1: Uh, well, I got to tell you, it's pretty darn cold here in Belgium as well. Um, and one of the things is, is because I'm not driving or or I'm not taking the bus, I'm, I'm riding my bike everywhere. And so I'm wearing long underwear under my jeans every single day because I, I'm spending so much time outside, way more than I would spend in North America. But um, it wasn't enough last week when we had the the uh, podcast with Carrie Bruce. I had a wicked headache and uh, went to bed. And, in fact, completely like forgot that we had to do a podcast. So I'm so sorry that I missed it.
0: That's okay. It was a great interview. and yeah. uh, Why don't we uh, Why don't we bring uh, that recording up and then uh, we'll talk a bit about it afterwards?
1: Okay, sounds good.
0: Hey, Carrie, how are you?
1: I'm great, James. Thanks
2: so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry uh, you're, you're stuck with me today, and and there's no Kylie.
2: No worries. I think we'll get along just fine.
0: I know we will. Uh, We're just meeting uh, today, and uh, yet uh, I think you and Kylie have connected before?
2: That's right. Uh, Kylie reached out to me um, before AEA, uh, the recent AEA meeting in October here in Washington, and um, then we were hoping to connect when we were at AEA, but the conference, too many people, too many moving parts. Uh, specifically about mobile technology and evaluation uh, because I ran a session at AEA about that um, and just finished my doctoral dissertation on mobile technology and monitoring and evaluation for international NGOs.
0: Well, I'm really excited about this. Um, I was uh, looking at some of the podcast A material on this. Uh, we haven't really talked too much about uh, mobile technology. Kylie um, uh, did a little bit of a riff on, on some of her experiences in Africa, um, which you may know something about. Um, the AEA 365 blog, uh, you've made uh, at least uh, two or three contributions to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny. I have a mobile phone, uh, I'm connected to the world, um, and yet I find myself not really doing a lot of what I might imagine is mobile. Uh, technology uh, use or or data collection. So I I really kind of want to pick your brain about the kind of work you do, Mm -hmm. maybe reflect on how I could be doing that better or figure out uh, with some of our listeners um, what what, uh, things they should be considering. Mm -hmm. Uh, First thing is I maybe should ask you if you want to tell us a bit about PACT.
2: Sure. So PACT is an international NGO based in Washington, D.C. We work in roughly 25 countries around the world, mostly in Africa and Asia, a little bit in Eastern Europe. Uh, And we have about 70 projects, about $200 million a year. So it's it's a kind of big, small organization, I'd say. And we work in three main areas, in health, livelihoods, and natural resource management, which we call our impact areas. And what we're known for at PACT is capacity development. Uh, our kind of way of working in the world is we uh, a problem is presented to us, we find funding to address that problem, and how we do it is through local partners. So we go out and look for partners around the world and then uh, build their capacity to find local solutions to problems. So how I got involved with mobile technology in this kind of context, um, we were looking at implementing um, a project in implementation science in Nigeria. And we were invited to write our proposal. We were in South Africa and one of our partners, a university partner, uh, who we hadn't met before but we'd connected with because they had done some work in the field, introduced us to mobile technology and it just so happened that the uh, the managing director of one of the mobile technology companies in Africa was present where we were writing this proposal. So we all kind of sat in a room together and the the powerful piece of it was that the partner Um, who had used the mobile technology was sitting with the platform provider and was saying you know this is how we used it this was how it was really useful for us and we could I could ask questions that the technical guy could answer but um, at the same time the researcher the evaluator was there kind of Mm -hmm. talking about their experience and that quickly ballooned into I thought hmm this has huge implications for the way the PAC does evaluation From there, we kind of, um, we decided to put to, we have an annual community of practice meeting where we try and pull together all of our M&E officers from these 25 countries around Mm -hmm. the world, these 70 projects, um, and either we talk about some new skill or we talk about our practice, essentially. It's a community of practice meeting. And we decided in 2012 to use mobile technology as the platform for that. So we actually had two separate meetings. One was in Tanzania, where we did our first ever use of mobile technology for data collection. And then at the week after, we were analyzing our data. That was our community of practice meeting. And I think the revolutionary part of that to any evaluator who's um, ever collected data on paper is, you know, you collect your data and then it disappears into some black hole while somebody enters it and then double enters it and validates it. Well, we had our data the next week,
3: and we were sitting
2: around talking about what the implications of it were for our program. So that kind of real-time quality of mobile technology was so important. And the second piece was we actually did an evaluation of a program of ours in Namibia using mobile technology as part of the process to expose people to it. I mean, the real intention of it was to look at the long-term impacts of our capacity development work. And mobile technology was one way to kind of get the data in a time-sensitive way. So we, we could use the presence of our M&E officers to really develop skill and then also deliver an evaluation for our Namibia country office.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then we developed, you know, there was obvious interest in it. So we have gone ahead and developed some kind of orientation materials, um, expanding out from that one platform that we started with to five platforms that we now use for different pieces one is kind of we use one platform for data collection we use another for kind of if you just need to do something short and simple for free Mm -hmm. um we use another one for sms uh data collection or sending messages
0: so like text message data type of collection
2: right collection and also sending like broadcasting information Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm and then one platform for crowdsourcing. So we developed some training materials around those to try and help our country offices know, when do I use this platform? What does it cost? How do I how do I know even what it can do?
0: How should we be thinking about uh, making use, or how would we know when we should be considering uh, more deeply how we could use mobile technologies? What are some of the the, the telltale signs that you might be someone who needs to learn more about mobile uh, data collection. I mean that could be everybody, but what, what what usually comes up?
2: So if in your evaluation process you collect quantitative data that is can be in a closed-ended form, you should definitely learn more about mobile technology. If you're collecting quantitative data that's still very open-ended probably mobile technology isn't necessarily the best form for you.
0: So just to maybe kind of elaborate for, for others that might not know, you do want to talk a bit about, or just elaborate on the open and closed ended.
2: Sure. So if you're doing a a survey, for example, and most of your questions can be either yes, no, or multiple Mm -hmm. response questions. So you might say, um, you know, it, I'm helping in the area of health and livelihoods and natural resource management, or if you want to use Likert scales mm-hmm. where you're saying it's you know it's terrible, it's medium, it's fantastic. If you're collecting those kind of data um, or you're collecting numbers of people trained or n- numbers of things happening for part of your evaluation,
0: mm-hmm. then
2: mobile technology is definitely for you.
0: And, and by the by the flip side of that, I would imagine there's a lot of things that, um, you know, you could say are not great fits for some mobile data collection.
2: Right. Today, where we are kind of at the end of 2013, um, and I, I think this will change rapidly, which is why I state the date. So you know, somebody <laughs> who's listening to this podcast a year from now going, what? They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, it, it's it, things can change so rapidly. Um, if you're using, if you want to do an evaluation where you're op- asking open-ended questions like, um, did the project meet its objectives? Um, it may be a survey or kind of semi-structured questionnaire, but that doesn't lend itself to a closed-ended uh, form. You want to leave that open and record an answer mm-hmm. and maybe transcribe an answer and do qualitative data analysis on on that mobile technology probably isn't for you. Um, Or if you want to have um, a lot of uh, text-based answers, I would encourage you to try it, try mobile technology, but maybe test it out. Because a lot of people find either writing or uh, recording seems to be faster than um, trying to type in answers, especially on a mobile phone. That may be different on a tablet or a computer. Mm But the mobile technology platforms, both for monitoring and evaluating uh, on the kind of quantitative side, are really well-developed, super easy to use. And a lot of them are free, out of the box. You can, you can do quite a bit of data collection before you start incurring cost.
0: So you've talked a bit about uh, the kinds of data you might want to collect. What are, what are some of the different uh, situations we might find ourselves in, data, uh, data aside?
2: We've done a lot of data collection in Africa and in Asia, um, mostly around survey research. We're just now starting to move more into, um, for example, crowdsourcing. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of other organizations are further along than we are, for example. But to how to crowdsource information about project quality or about conflict or about uh, trying to... um, be more accountable, to be transparent about what we're doing uh, with project partners.
0: I've seen a little bit on that. Uh, do you want to describe what crowdsourcing is? Because that's mm-hmm. kind of new in our field. I've seen that come up on an eval talk a couple times.
2: The kind of best way to think about crowdsourcing or the way I always explain it when we're talking about uh, the different platforms that we use, uh, you know, you think about Facebook. What is trending on Facebook or what is tr- trending on Twitter?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, something that, Uh, can go viral. It's a way of finding out information from a group of people that may be relevant to your program. So, for example, in PACT programming, we use uh, conflict mapping, crowdsourcing for conflict mapping. So if there's an outbreak of conflict in an area, people can SMS or um, tweet or call into a number and it will automatically populate on a map so you can start to see um, a a dot grow and think oh what's going on there and then kind of drill down and say oh there are five conflict reports there why don't we send somebody out there and find out what's going on
0: Mm -hmm. and then
2: have responsive programming in that area before it turns into a big conflagration
0: yeah and I can imagine that um, uh, that happens really quickly there's an opportunity Mm -hmm. there if there's access to that kind of data so the other thing that's uh, coming to my mind is Um, And there's probably a few different ways to think about it, but I'm thinking about mobile technologies as used um, by the evaluator, carried around, maybe distributed or or used to collect information. And then you also seem to be talking about um, taking advantage of the existing mobile technologies that um, maybe respondents to surveys or others have in their pockets. Um, So you want to talk a bit about that, and and you mentioned platforms and and, and how evaluators need to think about the infrastructure, as it were. Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Maybe just starting with the last point first, um, there's some good information on, I think, on those AEA 365 uh, blog posts that I put about different platforms you can use. Mm
3: -hmm. There's
2: also some information for evaluators on the Better Evaluation webpage around mobile technology Mm -hmm. about specific platforms that will give you the link you can kind of click through and see whether there's a fit for you. But I just finished my doctoral dissertation research on this, um, looking specifically if INGOs are adopting the innovation of mobile technology into their monitoring and evaluation systems. And one of the big problems that the research uncovered was that while people are interested in mobile technology and they see it as being relevant and pertinent to their work, they don't really know how to get started. Um, like you might click on a website on a on a platform provider and think, okay, I see what they're doing, but I still don't know how how do I get started and is this the right platform for me? Right. And this is still, I think, a big gap um, in the in the process. Um, and I think we've also seen the early adopters have rushed to you know embrace this new technology and use it. Um, but they haven 't the the people who aren 't maybe the early adopters are now kind of left behind mm-hmm. and indeed, in my dissertation research, you know people who were not using mobile technology were kind of embarrassed to talk to me they didn 't really want to be interviewed, even though it was completely. <laughs> Um, anonymous, and I wouldn't have called out anybody who wasn't using mobile technology. But um, I think people, especially because uh, I was working in the field of public health, and you know, public health is crowded in in mobile technology use. People who aren't using it are really starting to feel like, uh, well, what should I do now? Um, so I don't think I answered all your questions there. I kind of went off on the platform. No, no, that's
0: okay. And that's We like tangents on this show. And and, and and so one of the rabbit holes I could go into, and I'll, I'll try to just poke my head in there, is so I, I don't think I'm a Luddite. I mean, heck, mm-hmm. you know, we're connected by Skype. I've got my smartphone. But I don't feel like I leverage mobile mm-hmm. technologies as as well as I could. I don't always know what I'm missing, right? Even though I'm not a Luddite, you know, I, maybe not an early adopter. So... Um, tell us a bit about the platforms and, and maybe what you would encourage people to do as far as uh, first steps.
2: Well, let me, before I talk specifically about platforms, let me just talk about why. Why, why should you be interested in mobile technology beyond the data collect piece? Because I think the, the other thing that mobile technology allows us to do is to keep better real-time tabs on what's happening around us. So one thing that happens in evaluation is that it tends to be very cross-sectional. You do it at specific points in time, and then you may or may not change course as a result of that evaluation. But if you had more real-time data about what your program was doing, how many people you were reaching, how. How you are moving forward. I mean, this is the future. We're not going to necessarily stop and take stock, you know, after three years in our programmatic approach anymore.
3: Mm-hmm. People
2: want to know what's happening today. Mm-hmm. And that's how mobile technology can really, I think, improve your um, performance as an evaluator because before things, before you realize that things have dropped off a cliff, you've, in an evaluation you would have known that you would have seen that coming and maybe put some markers in that said, if it, if we get to here, then we have to change tact.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: so it's real time is really, I think the, the piece that's driving the adoption of mobile technology or will drive the adoption of mobile technology. The other piece is really around data security, uh, where we have paper, especially in, in the health field where you have, um, potentially uh, protected information or sensitive information about individuals Mm -hmm. Uh, paper can be we have good protocols around paper and I think our protocols around mobile are still developing Um, they're not always crystal clear so we do need to be a little bit careful about that but we um, for me, the security of mobile technology is much better. The data are encrypted between your device and the server. The right. server is password protected. Um, and it doesn't have to go through multiple hands to make its way into a database. So the the risk of that personally identifiable information getting out is um, really less. And the, the other point with mobile technology, I think, is the the visualization. I mean, how many of us have a data set, beautiful either, you know, Excel or SPSS or Stata data set that we have and we kind of, we've run the frequencies on it, we know what's in there, but we've never translated it into anything that our grandmother could understand. This is where mobile technology has taken the effort out of that. When you put your data into those platforms, it comes out in already kind of basic but you know usable pie or bar graphs that you can immediately export and stick in your report. And so people can understand the data much more quickly and start to make decisions about it in in a more real time fashion. And I think that's what's going to drive our use of mobile technology going forward.
0: Do you think there's some parts of the the world that, you know, mobile uh, excels or is, is is got the biggest sort of toehold in right now?
2: Yeah, I think in North America, we are kind of lagging behind, honestly. Mm. And and, um, my colleagues in Africa and Asia are really, they're seeing the utility of this for program implementation, for monitoring, for evaluation, and running with it. And also thinking about how we can link it up to those services software platforms that we're using in other parts of our business uh, to really start to move towards more holistic real-time Monitoring of our information. Uh, So, I don't know. I think we'll catch up in America. We, we just don't have the the need in some way. Mm -hmm. I
0: think it's maybe a little easier to collect data either by paper. People have desktops. We, you Mm -hmm. know, they're prepared to tolerate a a survey on a big screen, or there's different infrastructures. I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, from my understanding, I mean, the idea of mobile data collection, too, and I think this is where, you know, if Kylie was here, um, she'd probably talk quite a bit about uh, doing offline yet mobile Mm -hmm. data collection, Mm -hmm. that there's a Mm -hmm. lot of places in the world where you don't have a strong infrastructure, and even if it's intermittent, um, you can still collect that offline uh, with pretty cheap, pretty durable uh, devices that can get passed around from one person or village to another, and um, you don't need to go back and, as you said, you know, do all this uh, data entry.
2: Right. I mean, these, you know, a mobile phone is just a mini computer these mm-hmm. days, and you can take it out with you. And, and also we find um, in a lot of the countries we work in, you know, people really like the idea, this new technology. They're um, really interested in, in trying it out. And when they can see the results of their work, immediately, um, it, it really drives adoption, quick adoption.
0: Yeah, one of the most interesting um, elements, as I was re- as reflecting on, on getting ready for our, our chat today, was that, again, mobile technologies um, include uh, audio, text, but they also include camera or photography or yes. video.
2: And GPS coordinates. Exactly.
0: And so, you, you know, like you said, I mean, uh, in some ways better than a small computer. Um, the, the kinds of things that we packed into um, and the ability for me to say, can you take a photo of what you're seeing? Uh, can you send me a video of you know, the, you know, the, the intervention or the people that were part of something? I mean, I have to make sure all the privacy protocols and everything else are taken care of. But it becomes quite, um, if you skillfully, if used um, with the right intent and, and, and ethics considered, it can be a pretty powerful way mm-hmm. of of collecting and uh, disseminating all kinds of of information and and for discussion and uh, for knowledge exchange. What do you think is uh, one of the most exciting things that you, that you see um, uh, coming in the, in the use of mobile technologies for us as evaluators? What would be your sort of takeaway message um, for folks listening to the podcast and and those who are um, thinking well, what's the future hold for me if I stick in evaluation? Mm-hmm. I
2: guess I would think um, what I think the future holds is more and more movement towards that real-time data collection across the spectrum. So right now we think about it in terms of turning a survey into a, you know, a mobile application, so we can collect data on a one-off basis. Yeah,
0: yeah, on a small screen versus a you know piece of paper.
2: Right. And I guess how I'm starting to think about it, and we're still working out the details of this impact, is how can we move everything that we do at the field level? How can we better document what we do, show our impact better through um, a series of applications? So, for example, when we go out to the field, and we meet with our partners, and we do our mentoring work, which is core to the business that we do, um, and it's core to the business of a lot of evaluators. How do we document that? I mean, I think most organizations would say we struggle with that piece. But if we just had an app where we kind of tick off, okay, I met this partner today, and we worked on our uh, evaluation practice, and we worked on our Mm -hmm. target setting. Um, and we looked at the financial reports, and everything was okay. And but next time I come, I have to remember to do these three things,
3: mm-hmm. and hit
2: send. Mm-hmm. And that was back in the system; mm-hmm. we would have a record of it. We'd be able to do it, um, follow up on it. And similarly for training, we could do the same thing. People talk about developing an app. You know, when, if you ask me if I'm going to develop an app, the answer is no. But it, Actually, you can with mobile technology. You develop your own mini mentoring app. What does that look like? It's just a survey. And we all, if evaluators, we all know about surveys. Mm-hmm. So you turn your survey into an app, and then it just helps you structure your data collection on a more real-time basis.
0: Well, Carrie, I really want to thank you for taking the time out of your day. Uh, on behalf of Kylie and I, thank you so much Uh, We'll share all the information and hyperlinks that um, we talked a bit about today. Well, Carrie, until uh, hopefully I meet you in person, perhaps at the next uh, AA conference, thanks again.
1: Great. Thanks so much for having me.
0: All right. Take care.
1: So that was great, James, and I'm really sorry that I missed the opportunity to talk with Carrie.
0: This was really your topic. I mean, you've done mobile data collection. I haven't done nearly as much as I think, you know, maybe I would have done by now in my career.
1: Well, no, it's truly Carrie's topic. She she really, um, her and her staff at PACT, uh, I think, are some of the leaders. But it's, it's one of those things, you know, where Africa has kind of leaped-frogged North America in terms of advances. And so when I went to Zambia, I saw us using paper surveys, but very quickly became aware that there was... Um, a mobile data collection software specifically for the types of data that I was collecting, which was, um, literacy, numeracy, critical thinking, and children. And, uh, so it just, it just made sense to move to the tablets. Now I have to tell you that it, it wasn't a super easy process moving to the tablets. Thankfully, there was this software that I used, which was perfectly tailored and wonderful, but I made the mistake of going with a very cheap tablet to start Mm. with, Mm. and that created no end of headaches. And of course, I didn't know, was it the tablet? Was it the software? So one recommendation I can definitely make is is don't cheap out on the tablets if you're going to be using tablets or something like this. But, you know, the thing that I wanted to discuss, discuss with Carrie, if I had been there, would be just the whole issue of payback around moving to mobile. And now, you know, she's, she talked about a lot of the advantages. But one of the things that I immediately saw was We were collecting data on 800 school children and in our first round going mobile, we saved $1,000 just right off the top with data Mm. entry and, you know, copying surveys and lugging all these surveys around. But um, when I was at AEA in Washington, one of Carrie's colleagues did a presentation on their use of uh, mobile data collection in Tanzania and I've put uh, one of the tables that she put up I've put it on the the web page for the for this podcast because it's quite interesting and I just want to kind of explain it to you so um, I didn't really kind of mess with it I just asked her for a copy of it but you can see that they've got three uh, time um, time periods where they did measures and in the first one, they, they compared the cost of, of paper versus mobile and at the first time period, there was uh, uh, mobile was about $13,000 more than doing paper. At the second time period, mobile was already 22000 less than doing paper and at the third, it was um, approximately $7,000 less. So, within the first year, they already paid off the investment that they had to make in um, in this case they were using mobile phones. So uh, the payback you know if if you're doing any kind of a time series data collection or longitudinal or whatever, um, the payback is definitely there, which is another advantage of going mobile so
0: yeah, so any comments on uh, or any surprises from what Carrie talked about?
1: I'm trying to remember <laughs> uh, let me think. I don't think so. No, no. I mean, I, I think it's, I'm, I'm surprised that it's not being used more in North America, but I think that will come. You know, on my to-do list when I get home and I crank up my consulting practice again is I'm going to invest in a couple of, of tablets because, uh, you know, I'll wait for that nice juicy contract when I can afford to do it.
0: Yeah. What strikes me about the, the whole sort of mobile aspect is, is the actual technology um, that itself is mobile. And, you know, it, it comes with microphones built in and cameras built in and sure you can build apps and things like that, and, you know, and it's mobile. These, these more than uh, portable computers, you're not dragging around a laptop or, uh, or a big PC and somehow making it portable.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, I remember dragging a laptop into the middle of the backwoods to do Excel graphs and chart data and planting trees and, you know, location of stuff on maps and, and that was great. But to integrate it with the ability to collect other kinds of visual auditory data, uh, video, and, and then pass it around, yeah. um, you know I think is, is part of the game changer. It reminded me of um, a presentation and, and again I, I don't I don't think it's too much of a tangent, but a presentation at the uh, AEA conference this this fall. Uh, there was one that uh, Hallie Prescott had chaired called the next generation evaluation for big ideas that are transforming evaluation in the 21st century. And one of the speakers, um, I think his name is SJ Liu from FSG. He was talking about the promise of big data. And um, one of the examples he was talking about was the earthquake, the 2010 earthquake that happened in Haiti and just how a lot of people were trying to figure out when the earthquake struck, um, you know, particularly in, in near Port-au-Prince, when people had left there, where did they go? And how do you track them? Right. And, and, and where do we send, um, you know, additional supplies or uh, first aid or food and those kinds of things? And lo and behold, what they started to do was look at cell phone data itself. Oh. So this is that mobile component linking with big data and, and don't you know that um, they were able to see big spikes and upticks in the use of cell phone data in certain parts of the country? Mm-hmm. Two years later, and I was talking about this with Carrie offline, two years later I think it was a World Health Organization that came in and did a retrospective study, and the bar graph of increases in you know the respective towns was, was virtually identical. So one of the things that you get, and as Carrie talked about in the podcast, is you get this real-time ability.
1: Right, right. So,
0: you know, whether it's you actively as an evaluator collecting data or leveraging mobile technologies that other people are using, you know, ethically, responsibly in that with mobile data, particularly in a developmental and emerging context, the immediate opportunity uh, to leverage the kind of information that's being collected and used um, with mobile technologies is enormous.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important to point out for people, too, that... um you can collect this information offline, and I don't. I'm, I think some people may not realize that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I wanted you to speak a bit about that. We didn't get too much into that on our talk.
1: Well, so for example, the project that I was working on uh, briefly in Uganda and Haiti, uh, they they go out and the data collectors they collect the data offline, and then what happens is the supervisors have these tiny little. Uh, Wi-Fi routers that they can use in the field and their their mobile routers, I guess, you know, I'm kind of out of my depth here. But anyways, they would just kind of fire up the Wi-Fi, download all the information from the tablets, put it up and then upload it into the cloud. And they would do this every night. But while the the data collectors are off at the schools or whatever, everything's offline. So it's really opened it up to all sorts of areas. But one thing... um, to point out is that right now, and and I wish Carrie was here to kind of um, confirm this, but my understanding or my experience is that it's really only for kind of qual- quantitative data. That uh, qualitative, you know, you're not just going to sit there and type in your your <laughs> you know your your open ended response to some kind of question. Yeah, you
0: know, so we did talk a little bit about that, and, and you know, she actually prefaced um, her comments with, you know, this is 2013. And that qualitative while might be a little harder to collect using mobile technologies because people might not want to, you know, use their thumbs to tap in an answer, um, that could change. And, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, I'm starting to see change in my own use of my smartphone is I'm more apt to push the microphone button and have the voice recognition, um, you know, write out an email for me. Now, it doesn't get every word right. Uh, Right. Some are rather embarrassing uh, substitutions. Yeah. Uh, but you know, in some ways that sort of voice dictation, um, is getting a lot better, a lot smarter and who knows how long it'll be, uh, before your personal digital assistant is, is actually helping you collect data.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely something to watch. So the last thing I wanted to just point out is that just out of, um, interest, I've been Curating or I created a Pinterest board on mobile data collection, and just as a way to kind of corral all of these threads that are out there on the web, so one of people will find um so we 've got that link on the web page, and people will find resources there in terms of different software that they can go to, but there 's also um, a site, and I don't have it with me here right now, but it, um, it has a table and a kind of some information to help guide you in terms of which platform to look for, which software platform.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll so, put that up uh, on the website.
1: So that'll be up on the website for people as well. So
0: Great. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kyla, listen, I'm glad you're feeling better. Uh, hang in there. Stay thank warm. You. And right. uh, yeah, thanks for um, doing a little debrief about uh, this podcast. I want to thank Carrie again. I think we'll have her back in the future. Uh, as uh, things change.
1: That would be interesting. Maybe two or three years from now and just say, yeah. okay, what's different? What are you doing now?
0: Wait a minute. That means we have to do this podcast for two or three more years. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe, maybe we just we turn it off and come back and see how that looks. All right. Well, listen, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you'd like to leave us a message, uh, your protests or suggestions, uh, please go to Adventures adventuresinevaluation.podbean.com and uh, you can leave us a comment there. You can email us from that site, or directly, as you're listening right now, you can email us adventures and evaluation podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, uh, if you're not aware of it, you can actually go to iTunes through your laptop or your uh, respective smartphone and uh, download the app or a podcast that way, too. So, anyway, Kylie, I'll uh, let you get some sleep. It's late for you, and I'll get outside with my toque. All right, uh, James. Enjoy the winter sun.
1: Okay, thanks. Have a good week.
0: You too. Take care.
1: Bye.